Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. It's episode 517. We've got a small panel, but a powerful panel. We've got a guest as well. Um, it should be a great show. I've rustled up, I think, some interesting stories. I'm sure it's going to be a lively debate. I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves. I'm going to let our guest introduce himself, and that's John Whitford. John, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? I would love to. Thank you for having me, Jonathan, and all the panelists. I'm looking forward to a fun, lively discussion today. Uh, so my name is John Whitford. I'm a digital marketer. So my wife and I, uh, we left our jobs over the last five years, and we've turned to blogging, digital marketing, uh, affiliate marketing, and uh, just really enjoying our lives by being able to help others. So right now, our primary business helps moms start their own WordPress websites and learns and teaches them how to uh, create income through affiliate marketing through selling their own digital products and empowering them to create an income for themselves and their family. And it's been a fantastic road and I'm just uh, loving it. So I do my own YouTube uh, content and things like that, but ultimately I just like to help people yeah, uh, John, their goals online. And John's doing a great job on his YouTube channel. That's how he got on my radar. I started watching some of his videos and I was really impressed about the information quality and just the way that he's presents himself so i thought we're inviting him on the show as well so i've got my Appreciate friend it. sally H- hope you don't regret that uh, <clears throat> we'll find out <laughs> he looks a bit nervous anyway uh um, sally would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers yes my name is sally getch and uh, as you can see from my background uh, i am out in the sacramento river delta uh, in oakley california i'm also the organizer of the east bay wordpress meetup we're having two meetups this month wow uh, and well we we uh, sort of slid past july uh and uh i built uh, uh custom uh, uh themes for nonprofits and businesses that's great i've got my friend john Locke. john would you like to quickly introduce yourself john Locke, and i do seo for manufacturing industrial and uh contractors that's so. great so on to our first story, upcoming in WordPress 5.5, features and changes theme movers should know about. So it's basically that WordPress is going to be upgraded. So what did you think of this story, John? Uh, well, I kind of just uh, glanced through it, and I'm excited to see the continued improvements of the Gutenberg platform. You know, it's one that I've I've talked a lot about, and I've taught people how to use Gutenberg. But ultimately, I still tend to follow into the page builder camp, the Element Mentors, the Thrive Architects, things like that. Uh, but I know there's a day when Gutenberg will be able to be a full-fledged replacement for any of the other page builders out there for designing, you know, custom content. So I think it's exciting. I don't know if it's fully there yet, but every update with WordPress is getting a little bit closer. There'll be a day when we're free. Free at last. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't resist it. Um, Sally, um, what did you think of this article on the tavern? Uh, I I think uh, probably the the best line uh, is, it is no secret I am downright giddy about the prospect of theme designers being loosed upon the world, allowing their talents to shine via block patterns. I'm trying to picture Justin Tadlock giddy. And... um, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't exactly come straight to your mind, does it? No, it, it, it really doesn't. However, um, you know, I think 
block patterns are pretty uh, uh, exciting uh, too. And I know there's a lot of, um, there's already, you know, been some movement, like before block patterns were implemented, various uh, theme and plugin designers were, were basically trying to you know, create a way to make them and are probably going to have to retool. But that's like the story of our lives with with, uh, Gutenberg is, you know, rearranging things and uh, doing things a new way, as it says, with the, you know, the custom logo link and and some of the uh, some of the other things, uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to those. Uh, there will be some adaptations. Uh, you know, it slides the auto updates in here, which um, have been a, a point of some contention. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, it's like, well, more studying. Uh, it doesn't, I mean, I, I'm not sure that the custom logo link issue will be... Uh, uh, you know, will be a, a particularly serious problem. What they're changing is the fact that um, they don't want it to be a clickable link when you're already on the homepage because it points to the homepage. Uh, yeah. And that seems pretty logical to me. It's, it's you know, apparently an accessibility thing. But then that means that, uh, you know, they're, they're suggesting that instead of targeting like, you know, site title A, that you target the, you know, dot custom logo link uh, a class, and that seems like a a pretty minor fix to uh, to making a theme. There we go. What do you reckon, John? This is actually the biggest update to WordPress uh, since we moved to the Gutenberg editor. Uh, and there's other things that are like dropping in this update uh, that are worth mentioning. Uh, for one, there's going to be a native XML sitemap. Mm. And uh, people who are used to using Yoast or a set or even a separate plugin to generate an XML sitemap, WordPress is going to have that natively in 5.5. The other thing, there's going to be auto updates for themes and plugins. So auto updates are are going to be enabled uh, in this. That's pretty big. Uh, in addition to, to all the uh, other things that are that are going on with the block editors, such as uh, background block colors and stuff like that, there's lazy loading for images. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be big. And then uh, the other thing is you can uh, upload uh, or you can upload a plugin. You don't have to delete a premium plugin uh, to uh, upload a plugin. You can upload via. Ah yes, Techie. I saw I saw that where where if you've got to up you yeah. know if there aren't any um you know automatic no there's no automatic yeah. update path you don't have to first you know delete the existing folder before you can uh, upload it as a zip file. Yeah, there has been plugins in the past. For example, like the the premium Yoast, um, and then this is like a while back, but like Social Warfare, like if you were using the uh, free plugin, and then you had the premium plugin. You know, the, you had to go through this process to update all your info into that. But this rectifies that situation. Oops, it's coming a little bit. I wait, yeah, I was, it's like, so this wait, is, a, is that John or me? Yes. Well, yeah. See if he comes. Oh, you're just breaking up there a little bit, John. Um, he's in a gar- in a very beautiful garden, actually. Uh, um, so um, let's go on to the next story. But before that, I want to mention one of our my great sponsors, and that's Kinster Hosting. And Kinster, um, they've been sponsoring the show for over three years now. 
and their support is much appreciated. And I've been hosting the WP Tonic website with them for a couple of years, and it's just fantastic. Really speedy um, hosting at a reasonable price. Plus, you get all the technology that you would be looking for. Um, also, they provide one-click backup. Basically, all that you expect from a modern um, WordPress hosting environment and also great support and really helpful support. So if that sounds interesting for you or your clients, and it should, I suggest you go over to Kinster, have a look at their plans, buy one for yourself or for your clients, and also tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic Show. So on to story two. And it's been an ongoing theme of this year and the second half of last year um our beloved um tech leadership were hauled in front of the um congress and um kind of given a good ticking off on their antitrust behavior so what did you think of this one john so I haven't, I didn't get a chance to watch this video yet. It's on my to-do list, but uh, here we are and it's two days late and I haven't gotten to it yet. But, you know, if it's anything similar to what happened with Facebook earlier on, um, I am a bit more of a proponent personally on let innovation thrive, let innovation be there. And especially in the technology world, disruption is designed to happen. And it's, you know, the natural order of things is to allow people to, you know, succeed and then fail, be disrupted. And, and we all get better from that. Uh, the idea that, you know, technology is, has social responsibilities or other, other responsibilities outside of being a for-profit entity. And yeah, on principle, I'm against it, but there may be some details in the story I haven't read through yet myself. There we go. What, what, the other John, uh, um, I'm going to say John Locke or John. John Locke, what, what yeah. do you reckon? So, um, you know, we really need senators and Congress people that aren't 70 years old and actually understand <laughs> how the internet works. Because these, these guys like Zuckerberg and the CEO of, of Google and uh, all these people, they're like running circles around them um, as, as far as like when it comes to answering questions directly. I mean, they're basically like playing these guys. You know, they ask them you know, something about an antitrust or, or, or something like that. And it's like, oh, I don't recall or, you know, it, 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 it's what it well, seems like. It, yes, it's, it's kind of interesting the degree to which they are or are not smooth about those sort of responses. I, I mean, you know, I, I read an article kind of like, you know, predicting what everybody would say and, um, you know, and then it amounted to, you know, from Facebook, but TikTok and from, you know, from Amazon, but Jobs. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it didn't come out uh, quite that way from uh, from what I've uh, what I've read about the the hearing, and and these senators seemed you know a little bit more with it than yeah, it seemed a little bit. I think than, than some of them, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of weaseling uh, uh, that the uh, that the CEOs were doing. Um, didn't they, didn't they ask Zuckerberg like why some tweet was deleted? Oh, they asked. Yeah, they asked why somebody got blocked, and Zuckerberg's like, uh, "That was on Twitter." Uh, <laughs> hmm. 
I did manage to buy them out. I was tempted. Like, <laughs> I, um, I think. I think it's like a fish getting away from a shark. Keep moving too quick for me. Oh, I, I, I think. Uh, I, I think Twitter is probably the one place Facebook never wanted to. No, I'm only, uh, I'm only, it's just. It was like a vision, you know. You know, you know. but um. So, John, you know, do you know a guy called Doctor Scott Galloway? John, he's on YouTube a lot. Which John? Um, I'm going to call you John Locke, and I call a guest John. So, yes. do you know Doctor Scott Galloway? No, I don't. No. Uh, my I might have seen some of his content, but I don't know him by name. No, he's um, he's big on YouTube, and he um, he's um, he teaches at a prestigious American business school, and he's been very vocal about breaking up um, these companies because. Um, when a company gets to a certain size, it becomes so dominant that it um, it hinders the normal um, competitive um, environment that you need for capitalism to really work. Are you not? Mm. Have you got no concerns about the actual? It's not exactly what these companies do, but it's more to do on. on their size and how big they've become? That's a great question. I, I'm, I'm not a macro economist or anything. Like I, I have my own perspectives, but I don't spend too much time really dwelling on it. I think for the, you know, for the perspective of if my business, you know, becomes more and more successful, at what point does it, do I not want to be more successful? Like you have to think about the incentive of the business itself. Like why are they working hard? Why are they taking these risks? You don't grow without taking risk. And the idea that, okay, you too many of your risks have worked. Now I'm going to break up your company. It just doesn't seem like it, it inspires the American entrepreneur to pursue excellence. Or it's like, okay, you can be this good, but you can't get better because then the government's going to take away everything you worked for. I, I don't know exactly how it all works, but that, that's at least, right. I, I can see well, some I mean, motivation. The, the, the illustrations in the Galloway article, the charts and things are, are interesting in, in terms of, um, it, you know, talking about the fact that the like the next biggest uh, competitor to, to uh, Amazon is, is Walmart. Um, and, you know, it's like, all right, what have we come to if we're starting to think of, of Walmart as, as the, uh, you know, as as the good guys or 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 the uh, 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 you know the underdog, um, I, but I you know I think the idea of antitrust generally is like well you disrupted a market and we want there to still be an opening for other people to have that type of of success. Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions about tech that don't directly tie into antitrust issues, but tie more into uh, the operations that they have and the, the fact that they are so pervasive and that, you know. Well, I, think that, I think that's been covered by that term surveil- uh, surveillance capitalism. Uh, yes, there's, um, there's, there's, think, there's, there's that part. Um, I, think the fa- I think the founders of Basecamp, um, when um, I forgot his name, Steve, is it Stephen or David, one of the founders of Basecamp, had that interview with Matt, Matt Marowag, a few um, about six or eight months ago, this you know that came up in the conversation because Matt wants WordPress to dominate, totally dominate WordPress websites. You know, have eighty percent of the market, and I think David from Basecamp pointed out to him that you know that would, then it would become a part of what he classifies as surveillance capitalism. You know, that model that you sell people's 
you're observing them where they go and you sell that information, which is fundamentally what um, the major model of Facebook is. So, so I think we're repeating ourselves, but um, the problem is the listeners and viewers, this is really, um, I like to mix it up WordPress with other tech news stories and be quite truthful. Um, this ongoing saga has dominated the, the non-WordPress stories consistently for the past year. You know, it just keeps coming up and up and up um, with no, and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. So maybe I will lose interest at some stage. So um, maybe that's what they're hoping that we'll all just get so tired of talking about it that we uh, that, that that we don't care. And um, you know, there was another piece I read about how you know Congress doesn't get technology, and that's by design, and the, not the design of Congress, but the design of technology. That you know, none of us are really supposed to understand. Uh, how it works. And some of that is just normal business practice. If you don't want to, you know, Google is not going to publish its algorithm and, and Facebook isn't, isn't either. Um, But uh, that, uh, you know, it, it's meant to be, uh, you know, tricking us into ongoing, uh, you know, continuous, uh, what's the term yeah. people use these days? Doom scrolling. There we go. It's all a delusion. A delusion. All right, on to the next story. Um, Bing launches URL submission plugin for WordPress. What did you think of this one, John Locke? Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think it's a good thing because uh, uh, now Bing's not the biggest player in the market. I mean, it's seven uh, percent market share of the search engines in the U.S and 3% worldwide. But, you know, hey, I've gotten clients from Bing. I'll, I'll take them. Um, submitting URLs to search engines and getting, like, all your pages and new pages, like, indexed is um, it's definitely an issue. And if the larger that your site is, if you're getting into thousands of pages, it's it becomes, like, a, a big, big issue. Um, and, and people want to have that that most current version of the page um, uh, in the index. So this is cool because you can connect directly to it um, and just submit your URL directly. Uh, for contrast, if you're in Google Search Console and you're submitting uh, a URL, it'll it'll basically uh, crawl it and then you say, um, do we have this in the index or not? And then if it's not, you can, you know, have it, go get it, and uh, sometimes it takes a little while. Uh, I've noticed this plus, in the in plus the, they make it more yeah. obscure to do every time. Yeah, I've noticed that in the news. Uh, has anybody yeah. ever seen a Google product get easier to use? No, no, that's not what. Well, uh, well John might have a different opinion. That's why we have guest plugin. That's why we have guests on the on the show, John. Yeah. To challenge our. Uh, oh, what uh, I like about this story is I kind of feel it. it ties nicely from the previous story about, you know, Google being too big and things like that, where Bing, I think this is a great innovation for, for how Bing can, you know, yes, they have a small market share, right? Market share right now, but they can get their information more quickly searched and indexed and, uh, you know, findable by the general population. It could over time, you know, start to not disrupt. It's not going to disrupt Google with this one feature, but it's going to help them be a bit more competitive, which I think is what the natural order of things should be. Um, but I, I think that Google's 
they're they're getting okay. The the SiteKit plugin for WordPress, I think that did a lot a, a lot to help um, WordPress users get Google a bit more accessible, where you can you know click a few buttons and get Analytics and Console installed. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the 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 concept of site mapping and getting your site crawled and all of that, it is uh, for the casual user, it's really hard to comprehend. So I, I like what Bing is doing here to make that a little bit easier and accessible. So this gets to the crux of it, John Locke. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, he called you your surname as well. Uh, um, is it worth putting it on? Because I've been, I've been on a bit of a blitz on my own site and my client site about removing plugins. I've really been on a binge over the past month, me and my team, about hunting down and removing these plugins. But, you know, do you think it's worth... And have, have you noticed dramatic performance in, uh, I've, just got, I've, just, I've just said, you know, we're gonna, you know, we've been flooded over the months with updates. The, 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 the amount of updates that have been coming through... We looked at our statistics. Isn't, isn't that why people uh, hire folks like WP Tonic? Yeah. Exactly. Stay on top but, of that? There's, there's a balance, Sally. There's a balance, my dear. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's a balance. You know, they don't, you know, if we can, we can assist our clients making their websites a little bit quicker and more secure, we must do it, Sally. Well, uh, it's true. And, I, and, you know, I hate clutter on websites. Um, but the you know the the issue with plugins is is generally much less how many of them that there are than uh, how well they're written. Uh, yeah. Was was it our fellow uh, panel member Vito that yeah. came across the site the other day with the thousand plugins? Is is that that, that that might be a little excessive? Yes, that's a little yeah. bit excessive, isn't it? Obviously, <laughs> obviously, they're not having their site maintained by WP Tonic, are they? Oh, well, maybe they are by some of the yeah. feedback I've been getting. Uh, um, well, it was a thousand plugins and they were all bundled into one theme forest theme. Oh, yeah. no, it, was jet, it was Jetpack, actually. I'm sorry. Now, let's get back to the question, John Locke. Is it worth, is it worth putting on and doing this? Hmm. It well, you know, I mean, you can, you can set up a Bing Webmaster Tools account and you can submit an XML sitemap just like you're submitting an XML sitemap to Google. Um, I don't know what their crawl schedule is because I'm not, I'm going to be honest, I don't focus a whole lot on Bing. I just set it up and just kind of check on it once in a while. Uh, I think think the the same could be said about about Microsoft. I think they do the same. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, maybe if you want to install it. I mean, but I mean, I, I mean, to me, like the bigger the bigger thing with SEO is um, a focus on getting the content right on your page and then getting the right links to your page. Do those two things; you'll be in much better shape. Yeah. We're going to go for a break, folks, and we'll be back with some more stories in a few moments. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WP Tonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WP Tonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WP Tonic's white-label services can help your agency today. 
Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. The panel's been behaving themselves. We've we've got the intellect of a, our guest, John. He's a handsome beast, and uh, he seems to be coping. He'll <laughs> adjust to Jonathan's personality. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just the, the second time chatting with him, I'm still I'm still calibrating a little bit here. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, uh, it's very English, especially what the round tables show. Um, but before we go into our stories, I've got to mention another great sponsor. That's WP Fusion. Look, if you've got a WordPress website and you're using an external CRM, like Active Campaign, um, ClickFunnel, there's there's a lot of them out there. And marketing automation, as John, our guest, knows, he, he does some fantastic YouTube lessons on automation. It's becoming more and more important. Now, um, to enable that communication and get all the benefits from your CRM, you need WP Fusion. It's an amazing product from an amazing developer, one of the most talented developers I know, Jake, and he and his team have really built something special. So if you're looking to really integrate your WordPress website, like I say, with your CRM, go over to WP Fusion, look at their Look at their lessons and their support documentations. It'll give you a much better idea of how amazing this product is. Go and buy it and tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic Show. So on to the next story. Um, if I can find it. Got a bit taken away with my WP Fusion advert. So it's Shopify trade-offs. What to consider before selecting your next e commerce platform so what did you think of this one john well shopify is one of those platforms where you see a lot of people recommend it but you also have to think about why they're recommending it i do think shopify is a very simple platform um what other people may not realize is they also really pay out for marketing so they they have a very uh, nice affiliate program which as an affiliate marketer myself i always have to look at what is true in the recommendations that are being put out there, what is authentic and what is being incentivized by the company. And I do know that Shopify is one of those. There's there's a few on the short list where you really have to think about the incentive behind the recommendation. So I think that's really where Shopify has really started to grow quite aggressively. Um, however, it's not one that I really recommend. I do recommend WooCommerce over Shopify uh, for most people. Uh, but then there's always the, the one-off client that... Uh, no matter what you try to do to get them to not break their website, they'll still find a way to break it. And so I think that WooCommerce is one where if you get the keys to the castle, um, it, it may not be a good outcome for for certain people if they want to be really, a bit more hands-on. You, you, you're a dark horse, actually. Your, your answers... I, I was surprised at that answer, actually. And you, you, some of your other replies in the first half of the show... Um, what what do you really like about WooCommerce compared to Shopify then, John? What do I like about WooCommerce compared to Shopify? I, for, from my perspective, I like knowing that the platform can do whatever I want it to do with the right, you know, intent, the right resources and the right research. And I, especially looking at the, the applications for Shopify and the article here, it says they have 4,544 41 apps. 
that's a good number of apps. But I, I believe when it comes to WooCommerce, that's a you know it's a tiny fraction of what capabilities there are um, on the WordPress side. So I like to know that the platform has the capabilities of doing what I need it to do. And also on a more personal side, I launched a WooCommerce store for my daughter, my six-year-old daughter, to make a little bit of money on the side during the social distancing and teaching her about business while we're homeschooling her. Yeah, I, love, and I read I, your email that you sent to me about that. that. I have to say, I, that's pretty awesome. I, lo- I, lo- I love the email, actually. You did a fantastic job there. I appreciate it. But I mean, I, I learned so many lessons there. And because WooCommerce, it has the ability to get started essentially for free. You get a web uh, hosting account, and then you can start selling things. I think that uh, depending on where you're at in the spectrum, going into e-commerce, being able to get started at a low budget is extremely valuable. But then also it can grow and, and shape and shift and, and evolve as much as your needs grow and your budget grows. So I think that uh, WooCommerce is a nice and accessible platform. Now, I'm just going to have to ask you this. I, I can see where you're coming from, but when it comes to learning management systems, I forgot the one that you've been promoting quite a bit. Um it's not Kajabi, it's the other one. Um, uh, yeah, I think Kartra. And so now, again, I, well, I think you're, well, yeah, you've been really pushing that quite a lot, but can't you apply your logic to you should really u- utilize a WordPress learning management system? No. Well, well no, certainly. Not that we'd be biased about that or anything. No, nah, not, not that I'm biased, John. He's trying to get me in a corner here. Yeah. Uh, I'm pushing so, you a again, little bit. A little bit. <laughs> and that's fine. And so on my channel, you know, as I talk about different platforms, I do try to have a healthy balance between WordPress-based solutions and non-WordPress-based solutions. And I believe firmly that different personalities, different psychographics are, there's a, a different solution for different people. And I just want people to be aware that there are alternatives out there. I think WordPress is a powerful solution, but uh, when it comes to linking together a bunch of different systems. For example, you know, marketing automation, email marketing, learning management systems, lead generation, all the, 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 the core pillars of creating an automatic and scalable business. I have found personally that WordPress can be not always the right solution. Uh, for that, you know, when it comes into you're adding on all these different commerce platforms, which then decrease the page performance, decrease the page speed, or increase page load times. Uh, there are some trade-offs where when it comes to a, a marketing funnel specifically, I believe that um, being able to simplify and focus on the core marketing message and not so much in the technology and making sure integrations are always working correctly, that's where I, I really can see a, a use for the software as a service platforms that are off of a WordPress hosted solution. Right. So that's a very logical and... Totally understandable answer, which you rarely get from me, listeners and viewers. Which are, um, um, I think Lock. he thinks it's the wrong answer, but it's, well, at least it's, it's logical. It's, it's, well, it's it's yes. I mean, the thing is that every case is different. Oh, I'm trying to build something that solves that problem, John. Which I and, and uh, it, you. you know, so Shopify, I think, is a great place for somebody to say. I want to see if this e-commerce thing works. You can set something up. You can, there's not a huge like initial outlay because very often if you want to do, you know, X and Y and Z with WooCommerce, you're going to have to fork out for a bunch of plugins. Uh, and if you don't know, and, and, you know, and then you're probably going to have to pay somebody to set it up for you if you're, you know, if if you're the typical person who wants to can I, you know, can try I, a home can business. I, can I slightly interrupt, Sally? It's it's really interesting you say that, but I've got to 
um, time really flies. And I just realized I'm talking about experience that's almost five years ago. So in some way it's irrelevant. But when you were saying that, about five, I was involved in a, in a couple, med, one was medium and one was a large Shopify project. And we, we had to extensively use the third-party add-on um, system of Shopify. And then we had to, we had to hire a very experienced JavaScript developer to help us. And I remember on the medium one, it, it became just as a big of a kind of semi-nightmare as WooCommerce, actually, Sally. Well, I'm sure it can if you try to do anything complex, because my one experience with Shopify, which, like, I forget how many years ago it was now, long enough that probably their entire tech stack has changed. But um, the client wanted to do a sort of membership-based um, shopping experience where members got one price and non-members got other prices and certain things were available to members. And and trying to set that up on, on Shopify was actually really complicated. And, you know, the, with the platform not being open in, in the same way and it just with it being newer and there being less stuff done for it, you know, that can be... But if if it's like, hey, you know, I have this one thing I made and I want to sell it, um... Or I've got, you know, three products with no variations. And that that sort of thing where they're they're sort of trying it out. They don't know if they're even going to like, you know, keep up yeah, well, with it, carry on. That, that, that sort of thing, I think you can set up pretty easily. But, the, but, you know, the fact that if you need to customize it, it will probably be harder than WordPress uh, is a thing to, to take into consideration. And, and that is what... Uh, our guest here was was pointing out that you have control over everything, and if you're already using WordPress, it's going to be a relatively familiar uh, thing to 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 work with. Yeah, um, but the only thing is, um, as you were saying that, this, this is all. There's no true answer to this, but as you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, if you only got three products, why why don't you just use the shopping cart from Squarespace? You know, why would you, you know, just use that? You know, oh, he's put, he, oh, I haven't used it, so you have. So John's, John's put in a bit of a face for that, so maybe that wasn't a good idea. Um, he's the, he's no, the, no, there's, there's no wrong answer, right? All right, he's no, the it, person it, that it, tests all this, not me. Uh, um, <laughs> so John, John Locke, um, I put this in the list, and I've just been really disappointed with the progress with WooCommerce in a way since Automatic took over it. But I, I, I'm only guessing this. I would imagine a lot of the resources that were that were going to go into WooCommerce were diverted. A lot of the engineering talent and hours was diverted to the Gutenberg project. So, well, a lot of what's going on within WooCommerce is is Gutenberg related. Right now, yeah. yeah. Um, do you think that there's an element of truth to that, or I'm just barking up the wrong tree, John? John Locke. Yeah, really hard to say. Um, you know, I. Uh, it seems like WooCommerce is uh, still like their one. They're probably their flagship um, sources of revenue, and that's that's probably why D- they acquired despite it. Despite the fact that know. it's so hard to buy anything from the WooCommerce store. Yeah, I don't like that part. They, I'll tell you what I think are are the positive things about. The positive things about um, 
WooCommerce is, is it is customizable, much more so than Shopify. Um, and if you're on Magento, you need a, oh. a real, really yeah, skillful developer. Yeah, let's just developer. not go there. <laughs> yeah. So it is, it is like a lot more, Yeah. But it is, it's probably the right choice for most people. Or, you know, but if you're just testing a product or, or testing an idea or a product line, Shopify is okay. I've seen like big stores that are on Shopify that, that look really good and seem to rank really well. But I was just reading here that uh, Shopify, you have to be on their $2,000 a month plan to use Google Tag Manager. That seems wow. like pretty Ouch. wild. Ooh. That seems wild. Woo. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I don't I don't like about these Canadian these Canadians yeah. now had to charge. Yeah. Don't they? You know, I'll tell you the one thing that I do not like about WooCommerce. Probably the biggest negative to me um, is like anytime you want to add any sort of functionality, you got to buy another plugin. Yeah, it does seem that way, doesn't it? it? It is that way, and and I understand that that's their business model, and. I understand that, uh, you know, Shopify is growing because, you know, if you just have, you know, five products and you want to put them up on the store, it's, it's easy to do and it's no pain. You, you don't have to worry about hosting, uh, which is something that you do have to worry about with WooCommerce or Magento. Um, the problem is, is like when you start to scale, like what do you choose? I mean, then it's, then it's a toss up between Shopify and WooCommerce. Um, I still think it's probably the best choice for most uh, places um, just because you can adapt the stuff most easily. I don't know about, you know, automatic, but I mean, the, the WordPress, the open source, the WordPress org is still like a, um, a revenue vector for stuff like Jetpack and, and WooCommerce. So that's, but that's probably why it's not like its own um hosted platform like Shopify is. Right. So John Locke, I'm curious, when, when you were talking about uh, a negative that you pretty much have to buy for any additional functionality, you need to tack on more and more plugins. To mm-hmm. me, I almost see that as a benefit of WooCommerce because if I install the, if I just want to sell roses, like is what, what I'm doing in my right. daughter's flower store, I don't want 7,000 additional functions that it could do to cover all other e-commerce mm-hmm. opportunities because that's going to add additional code, additional bloat, things you don't need to your yeah. website and confuse people. So that's that, that's the point where I, I wish... Uh, yeah, I, mean, so I think it's the issue is not so much needing a plugin as paying for the plugin. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, well, well, I'll tell you this. For, for you a this. lot of small yeah. clients. For sure. smaller clients. Now, I, I, I have a few clients on WooCommerce for sure. And like if you're doing like hundreds of thousands or, you know, upwards of a million or a few million per year, it's no big deal. But I think it's for the people who are just trying to get a product line going and they don't have that type of revenue yet, then there's like a lot of hesitation to add that stuff. Yeah, once mm-hmm. it starts making yeah. you money, paying for it is a no-brainer. Yeah, then it's no biggie. Uh, yeah, I've got to be honest. I understand where both of you coming from, but... I think we have, you know, any anybody that's been in business, any other kind of brick and mortar business. I run a I run a small chain of retail. Anybody involved in business in general, if you can't afford uh, to set up a WooCommerce with a theme and have it customized a little bit and buy a few WooCommerce plugins without without 
you know, having it's almost like being taken to the dentist. So I think I, I think you've got a business plan which you you haven't capitalized sufficiently, um, in my opinion. But I think there's a lot of people. Well, they, basically, the, the the IRS might be accusing you of having a hobby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but of course, there's a lot of people like that. Um, um, but I think well, it's the promise of the internet, right? You can start a business for free and make money, <laughs> and and it's not exactly true, and it's not exactly untrue. It's, a, it's uh, in that but, fuzzy but, area, isn't it? Yes, but generally, a, a, a business does require some level of investment, even if I mean, you know, I was terribly naive when I first got into the internet. I was, you know, it was 1994 and, and I was uh, publishing mm-hmm. a, 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 an online um, academic journal and it was like, well, we don't have to pay for printing, so it's free, right? Uh, and it's like, yeah, and who's like putting a whole bunch of unpaid hours into this as a result? <laughs> or where is- memories back, I, I, was, uh, I was doing my university course as a mature student and they, they were teaching us Multimedia using um, director from uh, Macromedia. Oh yes, <laughs> that, that brings back memories. And Flash, I be, I got in as a freelancer, John. As I got to tell you, as the Walking Devils, I was a Flash developer. I was the person that developed all those intros to all, your website. All those splash pages. Yes, that's nice. how I got my. Lovely, wasn't it? I was very creative. I made the people wait at least two minutes before they could actually get to the website. There we go. Uh, um, That's all right. It was all on dial-up anyway. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were the days. Um, you could be creative then. Um, I was I was big into the Japanese flash designer developers. They did some fantastic work. Uh, um, so there you go. Uh, on to the next story. How to get more traffic with with Google Web Stories and WordPress. So this is another one for you, John Locke. So this is why I wanted you on this week. Um, so, you know, also um, a former regular, Adam from WP Crafter, he did a, he did a um, piece on this. Is it just a load of um, these web stories? There, there was, there's been a lot of stuff on the SEO community about this, isn't there? Um is it just a load well, of... Like every social platform wants to have stories now. Uh, yeah. yeah every, every, everybody copied Instagram. Um, well, yeah, it, it, you know, Instagram copied I, I, I mean, Snapchat. I've been using Instagram for a year and I haven't figured out what a story is yet. Do you think, I don't think they do either. Uh, yeah, it's basically just a chain of, of, of different things. And, and uh, the way that I uh, understand this is, is basically... You know, I haven't I haven't played around with these like too much, but you know, apparently you can get these to to rank too. But it's it's similar to um, Instagram or Snapchat stories, where it's like a a series of uh, different visuals and text, and they kind of limit like how much text there is there uh, for each thing. But you know, short attention span. Um, a, a world where where these type of um, uh, pieces of content that, that, that are on social media is, seem to be popular. Um, so I, yeah, sometimes these these rank, um, but I I haven't messed around with these too too much. 
So well, and it's also is it you know I mean it talks about getting more traffic, and I think that's yeah. true of a lot of social things. It's not so much your ranking as as that it can yeah. bring people to look at your to look at your website. And I, I mean the the web stories the Google web stories sound like you know they're potentially interesting, uh, and I'm probably you know given what I focus on, not going to run out and spend a lot of time figuring figuring them out. Um, because I'm going to be too busy keeping up with the theme changes in yeah. in, in WordPress and Gutenberg. Oh, it's so much simpler when you're using Animator, Sally. You know, it's just... Um, so, John, um, obviously in a very competitive and increasingly competitive online environment, people look at these stories and, the, and these particular um, things that come out from Google and they go, oh, I'm going to be over it like a, a you know... Over it, I was looking at... at like the, white on rice. Yes. I was I was going to actually say something a bit more dirtier, but... Uh, that, was, that's uh, why I... like I, white on rice. That was yeah, a good choice. Yeah, was, <laughs> Thank you, uh, Sally, you saved uh, us. Yes. Um, you know, we we that, all know is, what you're going to say. Yeah. Um, is, that, is, that, is, is that what this is all about, John? You know, it's just the natural... When something comes out from a major, um, like Google, people are going to be all over it. But yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a new story. It's them trying something new. It's them taking a, it, it, they're seeing something that works for a different platform. So they're giving it a shot. I, I th- but, think but the course, idea about yes. stories. What, what is that? None of us copy our competitors. Uh, <laughs> testimony. No, no, no. We would never threaten to duplicate the function of a company that, that we were trying to buy. <laughs> but anyways, I, I feel that this is like a move towards that more um, instant gratification where, you know, stories and all of this, I think wasn't the original idea behind the story that it would be there for 24 hours and it's like gone forever, yeah, which for me is something that, I, I don't, it, yeah. I think that was like where it started. Yeah. And I think they're trying to get to where they last a little bit longer, but I, I feel like what we do focus on more is on SEO and on creating things that are searchable and they're a bit more evergreen where the value is there months after production and these stories are just not really with my yeah. mindset there's nothing i really want to spend a lot of time on because uh it takes patience well, and, to, and to get the, results from search engines but those results can last for a long time which is way more what i want to build my business right and the, the you know this sort of thing i mean instagram is a as a platform generally and then the the story type uh, format that everyone is using encourages uh, really uh, bad accessibility practices because it's all like you look at Instagram and there's all these like words contained in your uh, image so that people can read them on Instagram. Well, like, you know, there's a lot of people who can't read those words um, right. because they're in the image. And so, uh, yeah, the the lasting SEO value or, or meaning is kind of contrary. So, you know, uh, entertaining, but very ephemeral and and if your content is not ephemeral you know maybe not so well suited mm. i'm gonna drop story six if you don't mind sally i know it's oh well that was i was putting that in more as a recommendation than as a, yeah. a, a story so all right, all right fair enough because I, um, I don't want i don't want this dragging on because last week's we had quite a large panel john last week and it, it went on for about it's like oh uh, oops we're 15 minutes over <laughs> it went on for an hour and 20 minutes the bloody thing so i like to keep it to our john uh, um so let's go to this week's panel recommendation now merging wordpress databases especially if you've got a membership site or Woo 
commas or anything where you've got people um, buying almost every day and then you're upgrading it or you're doing um, a redesign or whatever and trying to keep the databases synced has always been a bit of a, a weakness of WordPress and there's a really good article on De- Delicious Brain, actually. They write some great technical pieces. And- well, they they spent a long time trying to build a product to do this and gave up. They did. And that, um, the only thing I've found that kind of works, you know, but the reason I'm quantifying it is that this is, you need to be wary. and But the only product, that seems to do the job to some extent. And they're in partnership with Liquid Web, so it can't be that bad. Is um, And I have used it, and it has worked. But I say to you, look at it and make a judgment call. Is a product called WP Merge. Backup. Yes, backup. WP Merge. And it's not the cheapest, but on the other hand, this is a um, this is a serious problem because otherwise, Probably problem, yeah, you're going to have to go into tables manually and you're going to have to start deleting, uploading manually on a live website, and that that can turn your hair. My hair is I've, I dye my hair um, because um, I just want to keep myself looking young, but uh, um, but um, and looking try and look as handsome as John C. Uh, but no, but. Uh, 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 this is the only thing I've found on the market that stands any chance of working. So, John Locke, have you got something you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? Yes, I'm going to recommend, this is a guy that I started following on Twitter uh, a little while ago. His name's Victor Pan. And uh, every Friday he does uh, threads on SEO. Um and I know that most people, you know, they follow kind of the same people like, you know, Rand Fishkin, Neil Patel, Brian Dean, you know, maybe a couple other guys. I don't actually follow yeah. them because I, I, I think they're so up in the food chain. Yeah, I like, I, like, I, I like to follow people who are actively doing like client SEO and not so much trying to sell courses or, you know, stuff like that on SEO. And uh, this guy really has, um, he has like different perspectives and he has some really thoughtful uh, threads. Every Friday he drops a thread, but even, you know, the other six days of the week, there's, there's a lot of stuff uh, that, that really makes uh, you think about things differently. And I, I, I like getting those different yeah. perspectives. So. Yeah, put, put your recommendations yeah. in chat. Uh, panel um but also i know john locke's got a great youtube channel where he's got hundreds of videos about seo and he he's in doing it for clients so go over also to john's youtube channel right um sally have you got something you want to recommend uh, yes, and I confess I haven't tried this, but I, I liked the idea of it so much. Um, uh, Stackable, uh, which produces a, a block library plugin for for Gutenberg, um, has added to it its uh, role manager for Gutenberg, so that you can set on all of your blocks whether you want the uh, you know which which level of user you want to be able to change everything only edit the content in the blocks, et cetera. And I know that um, 
that there are tools like this for other page builders so that, you know, there's a a, a limit to uh, what your clients can break in the design. Um, and uh, uh, interestingly, in the same week, we got the news that, uh, uh, hey, gotta, Facebook, gotta, Facebook gotta, is bringing back GeoCities. I got I got to interrupt. I got um I had a client um, that spent a fair bit of money with us at the beginning of the year. Um, and it was quite a big website. And he he's a very forceful individual, been very successful, um, but very forceful. And um, we did we did some pre-design work with him and did some mock-ups and and then the day the site goes live and you hand it over to him and he insisted that he wanted full control of it. And then over the next weeks, you saw him demolish the site. <laughs> I mean, um, and I'm still, we were still working on him on other aspects like SEO and email marketing. And he kept saying to me, have you seen my latest improvements? <laughs> And I had to just keep a blank face. And every page he demolished. Um, So um, it's not something that I would want in my portfolio now. And I've been doing this for a few years now, and you think you would get hardened to it, and you do to a certain degree, but it's still still painful to see, really, because it is your baby, and you have put some of your commitment to it to try and get the best for the client. And they, they just don't see it. They just go straight. <laughs> and, and, you know, and technically it's their website. It's their and, website. And if, if, if they want to do that, uh, they can. But it just seems like such a shame that, you know, they paid you money and, and you put effort into it. In, in, and they just They just demolish it. They just... And they honestly don't see it. They, he actually sees himself as a quasar graphic designer. Um, and Yes, those are often the dangerous ones. Yes. Um, John, got anything you wanted to recommend to the listeners and viewers? Well, uh, as far as a tool that I've been using a lot recently and I really like, um, you know, creating lead magnets is one of those things that if you're trying to build your email list to eventually be able to sell and do things like that, creating a pretty nice looking lead magnet, it requires some design chops to make people actually want it. And a tool I've been using to turn you know, meaty blog posts into little ebooks that they can download and read on their own, it's worked really, really well. It's called Beacon. You know, I'll put the link down wherever it, we're doing it. Can links. you put it into chat? Yeah, I'll put it into the chat here. And it's just a fantastic little tool where you can create checklists, create ebooks, create resource guides, create video lookbooks, and do it in just a few moments. And it integrates into your email providers and you can put it into your blog posts like that. So if you're a content creator, I think it's a pretty efficient uh, way of creating well-designed content. If you're not is that a free paid thing or is that... Paid? It has a beginner, a free forever plan, but then it has uh, you know a, a relatively affordable plans depending on what level makes sense for you. Oh, look at that. It's really interesting. interesting thanks, one. thanks for that, John. Um, sure. Right, I think we're coming to uh, close. Um, I just want to say that I'm doing a webinar. Um, you will be listening to this on Monday, so it's worthwhile. On the Tuesday, I will be doing a webinar with one of our regular panel members, Chris Badger, um, CEO of Lifter LMS. I will be doing a webinar. I expect all the panel to be there as well. Uh, <laughs> No, I don't. I think you've got better things to do. Uh, uh, but um, me and Chris 
we will be showing how you can use the core of Lifter, which is totally free, with an add-on, a $99 add-on to take Stripe payment. You, we will be showing you how you can build out the framework of a whole membership site in less than an hour. So we're going to be hammering away. I'm going to be interrupting Chris so he gets even more panicked about trying to do this in an hour, but he's used to my sarcasm and my hindrance. Chris is is inured to us, yes. And he can deal with me. He's experienced, successful CEO, so he just brushes me away anyway. So I will be there. he's such a mellow guy. He is. It's very odd. Uh, um, he laughs at my jokes, though. So my English. But Sally, see, um, John. Sally lived in England for four to six years, so uh, she understands the English humour, don't you? To some some degree, don't you, Sally? Uh, uh, yes, it was interesting. I was listening to um, uh, <coughs> hallway chats the other day, and and. Uh, 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 Liam said, crikey, and I'm like, who taught him that word? <laughs> crikey. Um, so we will be doing this at uh, on Tuesday uh, at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you want to see me hindering, Chris, you can, <laughs> you can go to the WP Tonic website. In the top navigation, there's a button that says free webinar. Click it do a quick sign up and you will also be able to ask any lifter lms question at the end um of the webinar to chris live so it's a great opportunity if you've got any questions as well so john how can people find out more about you and what you're up to absolutely yeah so um i put out the most content on my youtube channel you can just go to youtube and search for income mesh uh, it's a silly name, but it was what I came up with years ago. And I also have a blog over at IncomeMesh.com. And I uh, put out free content as frequently as I can, helping people learn and master the different digital marketing tools to create sales funnels online. Has it, has it, been, a, has it been an ongoing debate with you to name it John Whitford or call it a company name? Is it something that you've been oscillating about at all? I wanted to buy johnwhitford.com, but some guy started some communications company before I <laughs> bought the domain. And so that domain is not available. But it's an ongoing debate. But ultimately, uh, domain ranking is more important than what no, I, I mean want for the, the YouTube the name channel. To be. I mean, actually, for the YouTube ah, Oh, the, going the personal branding route? Ah, it's something I think about, but I spend more time on the content than on the name of the channel itself. I, I haven't really um, floated it too much to really decide uh, if it makes sense. But also, my last name can be misspelled quite easily. So um, either Not way, it's hard to spell. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one. <laughs> uh, yes, but let me tell you, nobody else had my name as, as a domain. <laughs> Got to snatch it up. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's a. Uh, I, I my parents did not know it, but they named me uh, wonderfully for Google. I got mine donkey. I haven't used it, JonathanDenwood dot com. I haven't used it at all, but I have it. I I got it about fifteen years ago, and I've kept it just in case I wanted to use it. And I found somebody had snatched it. Uh, um. John Locke, how can people find out more about you? What are you up to, John? Well, not at johnlocke.com because apparently that domain is like $30,000 to buy. Yeah, <laughs> I just can't see uh, no. ponying that up. But no. you can find me at my uh, uh, first at my website, which is lockdownseo.com. 
uh, I post stuff on the blog all the time there. And you can go to my YouTube channel. I post even more often uh, over there uh, several times per week. Just search for John Locke SEO or Lockdown SEO on YouTube and you'll find it. Sally, how can pe- people find... I can't, I can't talk. Sorry, sorry, listeners and viewers. <laughs> Sally, how can, pe- how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, yes, I am uh, at Sally Getch on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and uh, my website is wpfangirl.com. And if you go to meetup.com and look for East Bay WordPress Meetup, you will uh, find the meetup. And since we are currently meeting via Zoom, uh, you don't have to live in the area to attend. We meet sun- thir- usually the third Sunday uh, in August. It's going to be um, the first Sunday and the fourth Sunday. Uh, at uh, one in the afternoon Pacific time. All right, and just to wrap up, if you really want to support the show and you enjoy the roundtable, um, basically go to iTunes and give us a review. It really does help the show. It only takes you a couple of minutes and it makes a big difference to the ranking of the show and the more listeners we get, the better guests, the more entertainment we can supply to you. We'll be back next week with another great panel. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Bye. See you. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.